You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. On today's show, a full recap of Week 9 of the SEC. Six games to run through, a lot of takeaways to hit on. Everything from the Georgia debut of JT Daniels, dominant win by Alabama, another solid day from Kyle Trask, and LSU. They get back to 500. We will recap all of it. Also, we will touch on who impressed and depressed in week nine as we start to head into rivalry week in the SEC. Hard to say that, but we'll get through it. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. All right, let's jump into it. Recap the weekend that was. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Third and long, three receivers to the near side. And Daniels takes the snap, drops back on the 48. Heaves the ball long towards the end zone. Kiaris Jackson, this time he caught it. Yeah! Touchdown, Georgia! How did he get so open behind the defense? Daniels saw him. Kiaris kind of backpedaled into the end zone and cradled the ball about waist high, fell to the turf in front of the goal post. He got the six that time. We start with Mississippi State at Georgia. The SEC debut of Southern Cal transfer quarterback JT Daniels. And man, did Daniels impress. The Georgia defense, not so impressive. Letting Mississippi State move the ball all night. Coming up with some big plays as Georgia hung on to win this one 31-24. But on a night where the Georgia Bulldogs could not run the ball at all, it was the aerial attack for JT Daniels as he was 28-38. for for 401 yards, over 400 yards passing for a Georgia quarterback. He got to go all the way back to November 16th of 2013, the last time that happened. Aaron Murray, the last Bulldog to do it. He threw for over 400 yards and a loss at Auburn. But the thing that just stood out to me watching this one was, oh yeah, Georgia has wide receivers and some really good ones at that. Freshman Jermaine Burton had his breakout game in this one. Eight catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns. George Pickens, also very good. 97 yards and a touchdown. Remember him? And then Kiaris Jackson, also with a touchdown. We finally got to see the real Todd Munkin offense throwing it around through the air. And Georgia fans really have to be kicking themselves, wondering where was this all season? Why did we have some of those pedestrian-like games from Stetson Bennett when we had this guy sitting on the sidelines? Would certainly have liked to have seen what Daniels could have done against Alabama, Florida a few weeks ago. And as for uh, Mississippi State, credit to them, man. They were playing hard and being in this one until the very end. We know they came into the game shorthanded with just 49 scholarship players. And they had the ball not once but twice late in the fourth quarter, trailing by just a touchdown with a chance to go tie the game. Freshman quarterback Will Rogers continues to look better each week, throwing the ball with more and more confidence. And the throw for over 330 yards against the Georgia defense, I think it's very encouraging for Mike Leach and company moving forward, though they do drop to 2-5. and five. It wasn't all pretty for Georgia. Daniels was sacked three times, and the Georgia secondary gave up some chunk plays, including a 51-yard pass 
near the end of the first half. But the win takes Georgia to 5-2 and two, with a real chance to win out and finish the season at 8-2 and two if they do make up their game against Missouri. And off from the shotgun. Play action. With time. Throws it to the end zone and it's picked up by Smoke Monday. Down the sideline Monday. Stays on his feet. He may go the distance. He's to the 30. To the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Auburn! 100 yards! Smoke Monday! No flags! As has kind of become a trend for Tennessee, another game with a tale of two halves. Pretty solid first half, tied at halftime, and just a complete and utter collapse in the second half as Jeremy Pruitt's volunteers fall to Auburn 30-17. Five consecutive losses now for the Vols and five consecutive games where they lose by double digits. That's the first time in program history that has happened. The football program started in 1891. Things are just not going well for the Tennessee program right now. And it's so odd because they were dominating running the ball much of the night. As I predicted on Friday's show, I said, you know, run the ball with Eric Gray. I knew he would have his way, and he did. 22 carries, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Ty Chandler would add another 40 yards and nine carries. But as Peter Burns mentioned on Twitter, he said he got a text from some Auburn fans that said, why did Tennessee ever throw the ball when they were running it down our throats? And thus brings us to Jared Garantano and what could have been his last start ever at Tennessee. The numbers weren't awful, 15 for 23, 156 yards, but a back-breaking pick six late in the third quarter. As you heard it there a minute ago, Smoke Monday picks it off or turns it 100 yards for a score, and that makes it 20-10, to 10, and that was all she wrote. Garantano has just been one of the most frustrating SEC quarterbacks in recent years because there are times where he looks solid, but there are just too many inconsistencies, too many awful, mind-boggling moments from him. Harrison Bailey gets in the game late, makes some nice throws, and just feels like at 2-5, and five, the Vols should simply roll with Bailey as their starter moving forward the rest of the year. Will they? We'll see what Jeremy Pruitt opts to do, but that very well should have been Garantano's last start at Tennessee. In fact, there were some that thought Bailey might get the start in this game after he saw his practice reps go up last week, but ultimately it was Garantano once again. And once again, another double-digit loss for the Vols. But the bottom line, the Vols have been outscored 108 to 14 in the second halves during this five-game losing streak 108 to 14 you've got major issues coaching you've got major issues defensively you've got major issues offensively after the game Jeremy Pruitt was asked what he would say to fans who have questions about the direction of the program and Pruitt responded that ain't my job guys my job is to coach well you're not doing a very good job of anything at this point Jeremy Pruitt for Auburn they win their third straight and really have to be feeling good about themselves getting ready for the Iron Bowl Bo Nix played decent found Anthony Schwartz on a touchdown pass DJ Williams and Sean Shivers ran the ball pretty well after Tank Bigsby left the game with an injury the Auburn defense racked up four sacks on the Vols and at five and two Auburn has a real chance to play spoiler against Alabama this weekend of course Bama's a favorite but Auburn's got a chance the real question That will continue on if the Vols keep losing is what will it take for this to be it for Jeremy Pruitt? Understand there's a lot of money involved. 
South Carolina just showed they were willing to come up with the dollars. We'll see if Pruitt can survive this. And if you lose out the rest of your games and you lose by double digits, remember they play Vandy this week. Ugh. Things could get really ugly in Knoxville. And goal from the two-yard line. The snap back to Trask. Trask backpedaling, looking, looking. Throws to the end zone. He's got a receiver. Caught! Touchdown! Tight end, Kamori Gamble. And the Gators now lead 30-10. to 10. And Trask has thrown another touchdown pass. His third of the game. And a game that was moved last minute from ESPN to ABC National Television after Clemson's game was postponed. It marked the first time since 1995 that an SEC regular season game aired on ABC. And probably the first time ever an 0-6 SEC team aired on ABC. But credit Vanderbilt, man. They came ready to play. They led the Gators 10-7 after the first quarter. Trailed just 17-10 at the half. Fortunately for Florida, they woke up from their early morning grogginess in the second half, won the game 38-17. Kyle Trask, who many consider still the Heisman favorite, finally got going after a sleepy start. He finished the game 383 yards, three touchdowns, no INTs, and the Dan Mullen offense racked up nearly 600 yards of total offense. The Todd Grantham defense, a little suspect once again, gave up over 400 yards to Vanderbilt. Vandy freshman quarterback Ken Seals seems to be getting better each week as this young player. He threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns with a pick, but despite being 0-7, Vandy can take some positives away from this one. Vandy will have a chance at a win this Saturday when they host Tennessee, but for Florida, they host Kentucky, looking to win their fifth straight. Trask now on the season, throwing for over 2,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, only three interceptions, only been sacked seven times. He has just been lights out throwing the football, still at the top of my Heisman list this week. Coming up next, we'll hit on the other three games from this weekend in the conference, including Alabama's beatdown and LSU's road victory. A quick minute here for our friends at Coors Light. We tell you all the time, every Saturday, you'll find me parked on my couch watching college football, watching the SEC, and enjoying some ice-cold Coors Lights. Went through a, about a case of them this past weekend, so need to reload, need to freshen up for this coming weekend as Coors Light wants you to know that they are – your official beer for watching football on Saturdays. It is your time to chill. It is your therapeutic moment. Some people go to massage parlors. Some people like to play golf. Some people just like to enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light to relax. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. When you see those mountains turn blue on the side, you know they are ready to go. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. It's Coors Light, and you can get them in their new look bottle delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Please remember, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, coming up later in the week, we're going to be joined by Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl. We're going to touch on some of the SEC guys who have all accepted an invite to the prestigious Senior Bowl showcase. You do not want to miss that. Jim Nagy will fill us in on all the big names from the SEC. And a lot of SEC guys in that Senior Bowl every year putting on a show. So really looking forward to uh, doing that with uh, Jim Nagy this 
week. We'll have some great guests throughout the week, too, as we start to wind down the SEC schedule, and uh, we'll break it all down as we look like we're headed for that crash course of Alabama and Florida in the SEC title game with basically the two Heisman favorites and Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. All right, let's get back into it in recapping week nine of the SEC. And 10 from the 18-yard line. Billingsley in motion to the left of the formation. Two stacked on the right. They fake the give, throw it across the middle. Caught by Mechie. Touchdown, Alabama! Everybody was frozen in time. And that opened that middle up for a 21-yard reception for a touchdown. That little play action froze everybody and his brother. Look, we knew Kentucky was in trouble heading into this one as they were shorthanded, missing 10 guys, including their top running back in Chris Rodriguez, their punter Max Duffy, among others. Well, the Wildcats, they did a good job early on in this game, moving the ball in Alabama. If you'd watched for like the first, I don't know, five, six minutes of the game, they just could not capitalize on field goal opportunities. Had one go over the kicker's head, had another one that they just missed, and that's when Alabama went to work both on offense and defense. The Tide... Ended up rushing for over 220 yards. Najee Harris, 83 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. And Mac Jones threw for 230 yards, two touchdowns, both to Devontae Smith, who recorded nine catches, 144 yards. And Devontae, Devontae Smith broke the SEC record for career touchdown catches, surpassing Chris Doring, and he now holds the record with 33. And I got a feeling Devontae Smith is not done. He's going to add more to that total as the season rolls along. And look, on a day where Trevor Lawrence's game got canceled, Justin Fields was kind of mediocre against Indiana through three interceptions. Mac Jones was pretty good. Not superb, but he was solid, and it now feels like it's Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, as the two guys atop the Heisman list. And as we mentioned, they are destined for that clash in a few weeks in the SEC title game. Feels like the winner of that game is going to be in the driver's seat for that Heisman trophy. But you got to credit Alabama's defense, man. They have been getting better and better each and every week. Over their last four games, they've given up 24 points, 17, 0, and 3. Jordan Battle had a pick six. Chris Harris, he led the way with 11 tackles and a sack. Alabama just looks like they're picking at the right time, man. they got the Iron Bowl coming up this week. Won't be easy. Auburn's going to give them all they got. But a chance for Alabama to win out and run the table. For Kentucky... It's a really tough game for them all around. Under 200 yards of offense, just could not stay on the field. They're hoping they can get their guys back and get healthy next week as they travel to the Swamp to take on the Florida Gators. The knees, Finley handles, rolls to his right, stops, still has time, throws, wide open in the end zone. Did he make the catch? He did! Touchdown, Tigers! Jeray Jenkins on the 13-yard touchdown catch had to go to the ground, cradle the football, and the officials say it's a touchdown to give the Tigers a 26-24 lead with 3.59 remaining in this game. I don't know what it is with SEC refs and Arkansas, but they do not like each other. In a game where LSU picks up a big road win, 27-24 at Arkansas, just a lot of moments where if you're a Razorback fan, you are not happy with the SEC referees and some crazy targeting calls and a whole lot more going on in this game. Felipe Franks he made some monster throws in this one. Passing plays of 50 yards, 51 yards, 65 yards. The offense was just too inconsistent, though. The number that jumps out at you, Arkansas was 0 for 10 
on third downs. That is unbelievable when you consider how poor this LSU defense has been playing this season. But you got to credit LSU a little bit. After their beatdown at Auburn, their last game three weeks ago, Tigers came out poised, focused, made the plays they needed to, and Coach O improved to 12-0 following a loss in his career at LSU. That's really impressive. The freshman quarterback, T.J. Finley, played mostly error-free ball. He threw for 270 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, good balance, spreading the ball out. Terrace Marshall, Eric Gilbert, Racy McMath. Ty Davis-Price had over 100 yards rushing on the ground. History shows when LSU has a 100-yard rusher, more often than not, they win that game. And yeah, the LSU secondary had some issues, again, with some busted plays, but I give them credit overall. Much better game defensively. Andre Anthony had two sacks for them. And for Arkansas defensively, Grant Morgan, a monster game, 19 tackles and a sack, but losing Jalen Catalan on that bad targeting call was just a killer for their defense. No run game to speak of either for Arkansas, and that's what hurt them as well. So the Razorbacks now drop to 3-5 and five overall. And now they get ready for a road trip to Mizzou. For LSU, they go on the road to take on Texas A&M, which will not be easy. They'll be looking to give them some payback after LSU put it on them a year ago. Roundtree. Roundtree has a nose for the end zone and finds it here. Larry Roundtree, the senior out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Eddie, the center, and Case Cook, the right guard, just kind of wash him down, wash the right side of that South Carolina defensive line out of the play. South Carolina playing their first game without Will Muschamp and all their opt-outs, guys who opted out this past week. And on top of it, they lose their go-to receiver, Chai Smith, early on in the game. Mike Bobo decides to make a change in-game after Colin Hill wasn't doing much at quarterback. The freshman, Luke Doty, really provided a spark for that offense. He went 14 of 23, 130 yards. Cornerback Kevin Harris was bottled up a bit, ran 16 times for 58 yards. But Luke Doty was actually the leading rusher, ran 11 times for 59 yards. On the flip side, it was Mizzou, man, getting the job done once again. Connor Bazelag threw for 200 yards and a touchdown. Larry Roundtree, 58 yards on the ground with a touchdown. And the Mizzou linebacker, Nick Bolton, just a monster every week. Led the way defensively, 14 tackles, two tackles for a loss. And you got to tip your cap, man. Congrats to Eli Drinkwitz, first-year head coach, improves to 3-3 three and three with the victory. And to be 3-3 three and three at this point is pretty impressive for Mizzou. All three new head coaches in the conference, Drinkwitz, Sam Pittman, and Lane Kiffin, all with three wins at this point. Pretty tough ask for those guys when you consider they didn't have much of an offseason to prepare for the, this year. So really good win for Mizzou as they beat South Carolina. And South Carolina, they're just counting down the days till the season ends. And excited to see who they will hire as their next head coach. And that is your Week 9 recap around the SEC. When we return, we'll hit on who impressed and depressed in week nine of the conference. Hey guys, look, Thanksgiving is coming up. We're all looking to stuff our faces, whether you're doing it with family, where you're doing it solo, social distancing, whatever. You got to make some healthy choices leading up to that day so that you don't regret uh, adding on those LBs. And the best way to do that is to reach out to our friends at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. We tell you all the time, they've got 18 amazing flavors, six of them new 
Uh, Cookies and Cream is my personal favorite, but they've got all the different flavors you can choose from. Go check them out at their website, BuiltBar.com. Built Bars are healthy. They are great for health-conscious guys. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight or just looking for a delicious treat, the Cookies and Cream that I always go for, 19 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. It is absolutely fantastic. If you're looking for something post-workout, not that chalky aftertaste you get from some of those other protein bars out there, go check them out right now, BuiltBar.com. They've got variety packs you can pick a flavor if you like or you can just try the the mix and find your favorite by trying each and every one of them builtbar.com and when you go to check out make sure you use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n you'll get 20 percent off your next order use the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com Rolling along here, locked on SEC. And as we do every Monday, we've got to run through who impressed and depressed in the conference. Look, there's always going to be players or coaches or teams that leave us wanting a little bit more, left us a little bit down in the dumps and depressed. And then there's those ones that leave us fat and happy and very impressed with what they do. Let's do it. Let's do who impressed and depressed. All right, we start with who impressed. We'll start with JT Daniels, man. Speaking with the media following his win at Georgia, first SEC start after coming over from Southern Cal, he revealed that he's been ready to go for a while. Some people said, I think even week two, he could have been a go. We know he was medically cleared, but Kirby Smart kept saying, ah, he's not in football shape yet. You know, he can go out there and make some throws, but can he take the hits? Can he take the rigors? of playing an entire football game. But my goodness, did he impress in this one. The first quarterback in Georgia football history to throw for four touchdowns in his first game. What a debut. He really looks like the guy the Bulldogs have been looking for at that quarterback spot and certainly gives them some hope down the stretch of this season and heading into next season. Be interesting to see what bowl game Georgia gets into if they can win out. Maybe get on a big stage and JT Daniels can put on a show and build up some confidence in the Bulldogs moving into 2021. Who else impressed this week? I'm going to go with the Bama defense, man. They are really peaking at the right time. Over their last 10 quarters of play, they have given up a total of 10 points. Granted, it was against the likes of Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. But still very impressive as Bama starts to look like that dominant defense they are typically known for in the SEC. And also a tip of the cap to the Bama offense. The second time this year they scored 63 points in a game. Remember, they did it against Ole Miss earlier in the year, and now they do it against Kentucky. That is really, really impressive. And who else impressed this week in the SEC? I'm going with Kyle Trask. Almost 400 yards passing again. Another three touchdowns. Trask is the first SEC player ever to throw for 30 touchdowns in a team's first seven games. His numbers are right there with Joe Burrow, comping him to Burrow's pace a year ago. 74% completion percentage is very impressive as well. Really like what Kyle Trask is doing. Let's see if he can keep it up and route to the SEC title game. And who depressed this week? Look, 
no offense to the kid, I got to go with Jared Garantano, though. Being a senior quarterback, he has just really fallen short of expectations this year. Over his last two games, Jared Garantano has no passing touchdowns. In fact, his season stats, he's thrown for just 1,100 yards with six passing touchdowns, four interceptions. He's been sacked 15 times, 41 rush attempts for just 17 net yards. Not trying to knock him, but just a disappointing season. And I'm not sure who's fully to blame. Is it Jeremy Pruitt? Is it Jim Chaney? I would expect Harrison Bailey to be the guy the rest of the year. The question for Garantano is, do you go try your hand at the NFL draft or maybe get a camp invite for an NFL team? Or do you use that extra year of eligibility to come back and play college football? Maybe not at Tennessee, maybe somewhere else. We'll see how things play out for Garantano. Who else depressed this week? I'm going with the Georgia defense. This might seem a little nitpicky because they did win the game. But you remember earlier in this season when we said, man, Georgia is the best defense in the SEC hands down. No way. Georgia might be the best defense in the country. That's what people were saying. Shorthanded Mississippi State comes into town on Saturday, puts up over 350 yards of offense, almost 340 yards through the air, no forced turnovers. They did pick up two sacks. But you look at a few weeks ago, giving up 44 points to Florida, 41 points to Alabama. I know they've been banged up. I know they've had a ton of injuries, but the Georgia defense is probably not as good as we thought they were earlier in the season. And lastly, who else depressed? I got to go with the Arkansas coordinators. We have praised Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles and defensive coordinator Barry Odom this year. But I thought both depressed this week. As we mentioned earlier, Arkansas offensively was 0 for 10 on third downs on Saturday. Some big plays here and there, but too much inconsistency. And then on defense, you're playing a true freshman in TJ Finley in your house in just his third career start. You're among the nation's leaders in forcing interceptions and not one pick from Finley. Just one sack. I thought Arkansas, Barry Odom should have turned up the heat, turned up the pressure on Finley, and they did not. So those are our depressed in week nine of the SEC. Look, being a little bit nitpicky, but you kind of have to be with uh, giving out praise and uh, not so much praise. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Appreciate all you guys for listening. Remember to subscribe if you haven't done so yet. We're here for you five days a week. If you hit the subscribe button, either on your iTunes, your podcast, your Spotify, whatever, every time a new episode is available, you'll get an alert to your phone. Boom. Brand new Locked on SEC podcast available for you each and every morning. I know a lot of you like to download this first thing in the morning while you sit in your traffic, getting to work. However you want to do it, make sure you're locked in to Locked on SEC. As I mentioned, some great guests coming up this week you do not want to miss. So coming to the home stretch rivalry week. I still can't say it on the SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.